Thank you, Denny. So happy birthday, Denny. Well, good morning, everyone. Today is the first Sunday of Lent, and it's the time in the Christian calendar that we set aside to reflect, to remember the sacrifice, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we will celebrate on Easter Sunday. Now, in our new series, Jesus Plus, beginning today and culminating on Easter, we will focus on the primacy of Jesus, that Jesus is more than we can ever imagine. Most of us understand that Jesus is always with us, but the question is, can we actually recognize him when we are with him? Or has our relationships with him gone faint, not even lukewarm, cold? The pandemic has in some ways encouraged, maybe exposed, discondition for some of you. You have become Christians only by name and not by devotion to Jesus. Jesus gave this scary warning on Matthew, in Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Could this imply that serving on the worship team, teaching Sunday school, even going on missions doesn't necessarily mean Jesus will know you. So a better question. Maybe instead of you recognizing Jesus, would Jesus recognize you? For the next seven weeks, we will look at various faces of Jesus and discover, maybe reacquaint ourselves to him. By truly knowing who he is and embodying his image in us, Hopefully, the world will be able to see Jesus' face in ours. All of our talking and doing does not eternally matter if people don't find Jesus in and through us, both individually and together as a church family. Today is also our church's annual meeting, which we will transition to in the latter part of our worship service. And my message will serve to ramp us up into that time when our board, board members will share how we did last year and going forward in fulfilling our church's mission. Our passage this morning is Psalm 23, one of my favorite psalms, The Good Shepherd, and is written by King David, who himself was a shepherd, shepherd boy in his childhood. So reading from Psalm 23, verse, starting with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that is the word of the Lord. So let me pray for us before I take us into God's word. 
Heavenly Father, as we begin this Lenten season, help us to focus on your son, Jesus, who is the good shepherd. Renew him as our first love if needed, to truly know him if we desire to walk with him all the days of our lives. Help us to hear, see, know, feel what you want us to experience. I want to take a moment here now to lift up a a prayer for the people of Ukraine. War is horrible. But Lord, we ask that your peace and your sovereign will be done in Eastern Europe. We pray for them to experience more of you even when they are in the darkest valleys. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Amen. So how we perceive someone often determines our attitude and treatment towards that person. Our perspective is, for better or worse, influenced by our past experiences. Many of us see Jesus as God, but is he more than just someone we ask stuff from or give thanks to before we eat or just celebrate when Christmas comes around? Jesus is not one-dimensional, not just ink on a Bible page, but much, much more. John 10, verse 11 says this, Jesus declared, I am the good shepherd. Does this declaration about himself mean anything to you? Do you see any relationship to your own personal life? Can you accept Jesus as your good shepherd today? At this very moment. Psalm 23 paints a beautiful picture of a good shepherd. And as a roadmap for my talk today, I want to use our mission statement as a filter to look at Psalm 23. Earlier, you heard Danny share, and we do this every, every Sunday on, during our community lifetime. Our church's mission has three parts. To make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. So connecting our mission statement to Psalm 23, I can say three things. First, loving God is a daily, everyday relationship. Because God is with us all the time. Like a a good shepherd, he is with his flock. Shepherds have to keep watch over the flock constantly to care and protect, feed and water, discipline and guide the sheep. And David tells us, God, our heavenly shepherd, does the same. From Psalm 23, in the first four verses, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Here, God provides. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. God feeds and nourishes. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. God leads and directs. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here, God protects and disciplines. All of these things are what a good shepherd does. It's constant and regular. All tangible benefits of a daily relationship with him. There's no off days with God, who is the good shepherd. I mean, who doesn't want these blessings. I want to highlight one benefit of having a good shepherd that's found in verse 3. Verse 3 says, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. 
Like sheep, we can stray to go off the right path and down a wrong path. Like I mentioned earlier, the pandemic has encouraged us to relax, even drop our routines and habits, including our Christian disciplines and practices, which, I've, which I dare say cause some to dangerously wander spiritually away from Jesus. One practical way God guides us is through his word. Scripture instructs and trains us. The Bible rebukes and corrects us. Spending time in his word is so critical to knowing if we are in sync with God and what he wants for us, both individually and corporately as a church family. I'm so excited that that this year is the 100th anniversary of our church. Back in 1922, seven Japanese-American Christians broke away from a local church in Berkeley, California, because they were spiritually dissatisfied. The pastor at the church they were leaving was not teaching the Bible. So they started Christian Layman Church with a vow to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to devote themselves to his teachings and to be led by lay leadership. Now I want to show a picture that was taken around 1987. In this picture, in the center is a woman named Tomiko Hino. Now, sadly, she has passed on. I, I remember Miss Hino as being a great godly woman. She faithfully prayed for every member of the congregation. She would sit on her stationary um, exercise bike or, uh, every morning, and while she pedaled, she would pray for every single person in the church. And for Miss Hino, one thing was clearly important to her. On the first day of our senior pastor's ministry back then, she will be forever remembered for telling him, young man, just preach the word of God. Miss Hino knew the precious value of the Bible. God's word is not just a once a week, only on Sundays kind of deal. To know Jesus and for him to know us requires time in Scripture, ideally every day. That's how a daily relationship with Jesus, the Good Shepherd, can guide us along the right paths for his namesake, as stated in verse 3. So here's a question to determine what your priorities are in life. Using your time in God's Word as a measuring stick, how is your relationship with Jesus? Because how we spend our time usually reveals our priorities and how much we love God. Love God, next our mission statement says, to love people. And loving people is with acts of necessary hospitality. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Food and eating is a basic need. It is necessary for survival. And actually, it's a lot of fun and enjoyable. But it is more than just physical health, but spiritual. Here in verse 5, God takes on the posture of a servant and sets a table for David to dine. And it is a model for us to love people through the serving of food, which is hospitality. 
to have table fellowship together. During the pandemic, for the last two years, we have been doing church with one arm tied behind our backs. Culturally and as a faith community, food is a big deal. But it hasn't been easy for us to break bread with each other. And in the early church, as described in Acts 2, in the fellowship of believers, the people were having meals in the temple and in their homes. This was an important feature of community life together, recorded for us to remember. You know, you all have told us, the staff, how much you miss the after-service hospitality and refreshments and the holy chow lunches. And that's why last week, wasn't it so good to have butter mochi and fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies again? And today, we are going to have banh mi sandwiches for lunch. It's not the eating of food alone that is necessary, but the beautiful buzz of conversations being had around the food that is so life-giving and rejuvenating. To be a spiritually healthy church, we will be obedient to breaking bread together as modeled in Acts 2. Because to, to love people with necessary hospitality is not optional. Lastly, the third part of remission is to serve the world. So how can we do this in the best way, in the most practical way? For sure, acts of kindness and generosity are required, like helping those on the margins of society, those who are under-resourced, struggling, or in need of healing. That's what the church is supposed to do. That is what Christians are supposed to do. However, serving others cannot just be good deeds by themselves. It's not that those deeds don't have value by themselves, but they need to be connected to the sharing of the good news of Jesus, which leads to fruit that lasts. My third point is this. Serving the world includes an invitation to the cleanser to live in the Lord's house forever. So who is the cleanser and what is the Lord's house? From verse 6, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's my favorite verse in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, if you're familiar with is often one that is read at many memorial services. I've used it. Because it is a message of hope that is encapsulated in verse 6 that we get to live in the house of the Lord forever. Even when we're going through the shadows of the valley of death, even when we are going through trials and tribulations, there's a message of hope that we will be with a God forever. And David had that intimate relationship with the good shepherd, which gave him the privilege to dwell or live in the house of the Lord forever, which we understand to be heaven. Heaven is where we are with God in his house for an eternity. But you know, there's a catch to enter God's house forever. And I'll give you a hint. What do most of you do first when you enter into your homes? Anyone have an idea? I heard it. We take our shoes off. 
Because who knows what kind of dirt and germs are on the bottom of our shoes. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Like we do with our dirty shoes before stepping on our home's carpet, the only way to heaven is we must take off our sins before entering to be clean. And we can't clean ourselves only through the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for us can we be clean to enter heaven. The cleanser is Jesus himself. We get this wonderful gift of eternal life by having a living relationship with the Son of God, Jesus, who declared he is the good shepherd. And we saw this declaration earlier in John 10, verse 11. And in the second half of that verse, Jesus says this, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. To make us clean, the good shepherd Jesus sacrificed his life to us. Therefore, to truly serve the world, we must always be looking for opportunities to invite people to know Jesus, to have a relationship that would lead to forgiveness and eternal life. Or as stated in verse 6, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, who is God asking you to invite to meet Jesus? Who in your circles will you have an opportunity to introduce to them the chance for a, a lifetime in heaven with God? Friends, hear this clearly. Jesus is the ultimate cleanser. And I am forever grateful for that. And Jesus can't be, in, can't be an afterthought, but a vital part of every person who calls themselves Christian. With Jesus, it is not just a one-and-done relationship. It's a relationship that needs to be nurtured daily. It's a lifelong journey with the Good Shepherd. Yet, often in our faith journeys with Jesus, many of us hit a dry spell where we go through the motions in our faith. We slack off or find the Christian life boring, tedious, and even meaningless. Jesus becomes no longer primary, but secondary, or even worse. But this should not be the case. So here's a suggestion. We do things every day, even multiple times in a day, and have no problem doing them. We don't forget or neglect them. We don't get an attitude like it's a burden or it's not important or a waste of time. So what are the kinds of things am I talking about? Well, take for example, every morning we brush our teeth. Not too many of us complain about that. Not too many of us find that tedious or burdensome. We brush our teeth. At least you should. And I give this counsel not as a pastor, but as a dentist. But as a pastor, here's a spiritual counsel that I might be helpful for you as today's takeaway. You all know what this is? It's a tube of toothpaste. Now, I don't think anyone here thinks twice about using toothpaste to brush their teeth daily in the morning. And for sure, we don't question it being necessary to prevent tooth decay and gum disease. And that toothpaste is an excellent cleanser. So most of you can agree with me that when I say toothpaste is a daily necessary cleanser, 
That's a true statement. So here's my spiritual counsel. As a note to yourself, every time you use toothpaste, associate the toothpaste with something about Jesus. Follow me closely here. Whenever you brush your teeth, remember this. Jesus is like toothpaste. Plus, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. And as we saw through Psalm 23, loving God is a daily, everyday relationship. Loving people is with necessary acts of hospitality. And serving the world includes an invitation to the cleanser, to live in the house of the Lord forever. So putting all this together, therefore, like toothpaste, Jesus the Good Shepherd is a daily necessary cleanser. So who is Jesus? Again, Jesus the Good Shepherd is a daily necessary cleanser. And that's good news. Amen? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to live among us to show us the way to heaven. And we are forever grateful for his act of sacrifice, of laying down his life as the good shepherd for us on the cross, so that we may be redeemed to live in the house of the Lord forever. With joy and thanksgiving, may we share this good news to others and invite them to meet the ultimate cleanser, Jesus Christ. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.